This podcast is brought to you by dpztechnology.com. High Impact Dads was created to give you tools and insights for effective fathering in a hectic world. If you like this podcast, please take a moment to leave a five-star rating and review. This certainly will help those who need this information the most to be able to find it. Hello, and welcome to High Impact Dads, a podcast that explores and discusses the good and not so good ways that fathers influence and affect the lives of their children. I'm your host, Michael Conant, and joining me today is Bob Brecker. Bob, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, it's a privilege and an honor, and thank you for that. Oh, great to have you with us. Uh, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Well, to make it short and easy, I'm the most importantly husband of one wife for almost 50 years. I've got three grown kids, five grandkids, and so fortunate. The kind of things that we men tend to do is talk about what we do. Uh, I have the opportunity to be a business executive for a number of years. I have been a pastor of churches in three states, a denominational leader. I led a wonderful organization in Washington, D.C. that is built on bringing our nation back to its constitutional foundations and its Christian heritage, and then uh, have had the privilege of speaking across the country and world. Um, uh, One of my heartbeats is uh, the focus on life and the value of life at all stages. And secondly, in speaking to men, couples, and families. And uh, in the last number of years, about 15 years, uh, Michael, I've had the opportunity to speak to over 350,000 men. So I, I think I understand a little bit about guys being one and speaking to that many guys. Well, absolutely, Bob. And I know you bring a, a wealth of knowledge and experience uh, to this podcast. We're so happy you could join us. Thank you. So let's start with um, discussing some proven facts through research about the difference that effective fathers make in the lives of their children as they grow up. Oh, I love that question, because you've got to start at the high point. And of all the titles that I've had and different things that I've done, Michael, the most important titles in my life are husband, dad, and granddad now. Everything else sort of fades into insignificance. So I want to say to every guy who is a dad or a granddad or a man who will likely be a dad, I want to tell you that is so important. And not opinion, but research shows that when a dad is present in a child's life and engaged, not just present, and engaged, that child, be it boy or girl, will tend to grow healthier physically. They will be stronger emotionally. They will be more secure in their own self-image and relationships. They'll tend to be happier in their deportment and emotions. They're stronger in their verbal skills. Academically, they tend to do better. They have more satisfying marriages when they themselves are old enough to get married. And here's a real mind blower they are proven to have greater mental dexterity, greater empathy with other people, and better and stronger self-control. And in a nation where we are built on the joy of having self-governing people that guarantee the safety of a republic, 
that's pretty important. And the less self-control people have, the more even our nation becomes in danger. Well, it's certainly a compelling case uh, for why we need engaged and active fathers in the lives of our children in this nation and throughout the world. Yeah, absolutely. Very important point. And uh, we started on the high note, and now let's look at some of the dirtier facts. Uh, and while we wish we didn't have to address this question, what impact do non-engaged or absent dads have on the lives of their children? Hmm. Well, first of all, before I answer that, I want to say a shout out to single moms. I think they're some of the most incredibly brave and amazing people in all the world. Because when a dad, for whatever reason, is absent, and that mom is the single person leading that home, wow, what a difficult challenge. Now, I'm going to indicate some things that happen when a dad's not present. But I want every mom and every person who may be joining us to hear, that doesn't mean that a child who has a dad who's not there can't succeed. Great case in point, Ben Carson, who has served as a renowned neurosurgeon and as a leader in an administration in our own government, Washington, D.C., grew up without a dad. Mm -hmm. And that's just one of many cases where a mom was a Herculean hero in helping that child become everything they could be. But in general, when a dad is not present and engaged, Michael, mm -hmm. everything I said earlier is just the opposite. The child doesn't tend to be as healthy. They are not strong emotionally as they would be if mo both mom and dad were there. They aren't as happy. They struggle more with their emotions. They don't have as much empathy for others. Their mental dexterity is not quite as sharp and robust. Their self-control struggles more because there's just something about that dad presence. They have more behavioral problems at home and at school generally. And boy, here are some real keys. 70% of girls involved in teenage pregnancy come from fathers who aren't engaged or absent. 70% of high school dropouts, same thing. There's a higher degree of poverty when a dad is not present and engaged. 90% of those who are homeless in the streets around the world come from homes where dad was not present and engaged. 80% of those treated in psychiatric hospitals and outpatient clinics are the same exact thing. Can they overcome? Absolutely, because there's always hope. Do they have a much higher mountain to climb? Without doubt. Wow. Those are some very dark facts, but very real that we need to keep in mind as we explore this. So, Bob, you literally wrote the book on father wounds. And we have it right here. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it is titled Ending the Cycle of Father Wounds. Very powerful book. What compelled you to write that book? And why did you feel the need to write it? Hmm. Well, uh, I would say three things about why uh, I wrote it. Number one, Michael, I had the challenges in my own life of a very, very hard early life, uh, a mother who died when I was 11 months old, an alcoholic dad that myself and two brothers were left with, who didn't know what to do with us, 
and wasn't sure at all that he wanted us. And that made things go from bad to a whole lot worse. I would later get adopted after being thrown from place to place and house to house. And, and I was real thankful to have an adopted dad. But sadly, Michael, that adopted dad had gone through some really bad things of his own life, um, abused, uh, ended up in a gang by the time he was 13, uh, critically stabbed in a knife fight by the time he's 16. Now he fast forwards and elopes with a girl. They lose four children of their own, couldn't have any more, and they hear about me, and they adopted me. And I'm so thankful for that. But think about all that being drug into, from his background, a marriage, and now fatherhood. So between a biological dad and adopted dad, I experienced father wounds in my own journey. That doesn't mean that I'm angry with those men. It doesn't mean that uh, I discount those men from my life because, I mean, if nothing else, my biological dad, who was an alcoholic and didn't want me, gave me life. That's a gift that made everything else possible. That was one reason, personal experience. The second reason is in all the times I've been speaking, whether the crowd was small or large, I found that men began to exude that they were having struggles, and a lot of it went back to a conflict, a point of wound with a dad or a stepdad or adopted dad. So I began to ask a question, Mike, whether the crowd was 10 or 10,000. How many of you present had a dad who did these three things? Number one, they regularly told you that they loved you, and they meant that unconditionally. Second, that they were proud of you, and not just for what you did, whether it was academically or athletically, but for who you were. And thirdly, that because of that love and because of that pride, they worked hard to be present for events that were important to you as the child and not just enjoyable for them. When I would ask that question, it was a mind boggler, Michael. The highest I ever had was about 35 to 36%. The normal was 30% that said that it, whether 10 or 10,000, yeah, that, that describes my dad or my stepdad or my adopted dad, which meant 65 to 70% said, I can't say that. I would later meet uh, a good friend now, Ken Canfield, who established the Center for Fathering, the National Center for Fathering. I was stunned when he said that in very similar situations as he was speaking to men all over the place, he never saw har hardly anything higher than 25%. So I thought, well, this isn't just me that's seeing this. So what I saw in men, I started writing the book, and as women heard about it through my wife or through general conversations I would have with couples, I would have so many women say, wait a minute, time out. It's not just men who deal with that. There are a lot of us as women who have had those kind of wounds as well. That's why in the book that you showed, we started out with a dad trying to depict someone who you can't exactly tell the culture that he comes from with a son in the background, but so many women said it deals with us too, that we went back and totally redid the cover to include a son and a daughter standing in the blurred background of the father who had evidently wounded. So that's what brought the book to reality.
It's absolutely astonishing that you saw that to all the men that you spoke with and then later found out about the women as well. Yeah. Very astonishing. Wow. So can you define what a father wound is? Yeah, I'd be glad to. The easiest way that I could make it uh, relatable to any of us Mm -hmm. is when we get a wound in our own body. What happens when there's a wound in the body is the surface skin is penetrated. Below that surface skin lies tissue, muscles, ligaments, that in a wound, some of those or all of those are damaged. When that happens, it is critical that in a very timely manner, that wound is cleaned, that wound is uh, dealt with medically, that wound is dressed so that that wound can heal. Now, then take that same series of steps and put it to an emotional issue or a relational issue. When a dad wounds a child, a son or a daughter, it is a wound by action or inaction. Mm. Not just by what they do, but what they needed to do and didn't do. And that wound deals with something that relationally or emotionally is the inner part of that child. So it cuts through the surface of the relationship, it wounds that which is below. Things like trust, security, feeling loved, and those wounds need to be cleaned, cared for, and dressed so that they can heal, because if they don't, infection starts in, just like if the physical wound isn't dealt with, infection starts in there. And just like a physical wound, it takes time to heal. It doesn't happen overnight. In the same way, when a wound caused by action or inaction of a dad will take time to heal, but it's really important that it's addressed, cared for, and then the time to heal will allow it to do just that. One last thing I would say, Michael, is the old statement, ah, time heals all wounds, is hogwash. The only way that time heals all wounds is when what needed to be done to address the wound, acknowledge it, care for it, and uh, give the solution that will help it heal to it, only then will the time bring healing. But time by itself doesn't heal anything. So healing is not a passive process. It is not by any means. Great word. Okay. Well, very powerful and poignant uh, example comparing the physical wound to the emotional wound. And by the way, Michael, a lot of times somebody asks me, well, does it always have to be an intentional wound? Absolutely Mm -hmm. not. It it can be an unintentional wound by somebody... um, making a statement that maybe they didn't even mean to be cutting or hurting, but it was received in a cutting or hurting way. Uh, They didn't do something that somebody needed them, that child, boy or girl, needed them to do, was dying for them to do. And they didn't even realize that that meant so much to the child. But that unintentional wound can still leave a wound. Say it this way. I have a friend who uh, was cleaning a pistol that he had. 
and he thought it was absolutely empty. Everything was safe. He wanted to make sure it was clean and cared for properly. But unknown to him, there had been a bullet that had jammed inside that chamber. He accidentally hit the trigger and it blew his finger off. Now, wow, did he intentionally do that? Not on your life. Did he expect that could even happen? He thought he had taken all the steps to make sure that was not the case or possible. It was a very unintentional wound. But for the rest of his life, Michael, he's had to deal with the consequence. So as a result, no, it doesn't have to be just intentional. It can be unintentional or a combination of both. That definitely puts it in perspective. It's our action or inaction or father's inaction or actions that can wound children for life. Yeah. The subtitle of your book is Hope for Healing and Preventing Infections Caused by Relational Wounds. What did you mean by that? And why did you use the word infection? Boy, what a great question. Well, let's go back to our physical body. When we're wounded and it's not cared for properly or quickly, the thing that any doctor will tell you, be it a burn or be it a wound mm -hmm. or be it a significant injury that has penetrated the surface of our body, the great thing they fear is infection. Hospitals go to unbelievable odds to try to protect patients against infection. One of the examples I use in a book, Michael, is the 25th president of the United States, William McKinley. He had served in the House of Representatives for seven terms. He had been twice the governor of Ohio. Now he's elected president. And his first term, he became incredibly popular, having uh, defeated William Jennings Bryan, of all people, to become the president. So when the second term election came, he was swept in with an overwhelming majority. It was shortly thereafter he was going to be speaking in New York at a big exposition, like a World's Fair kind of thing. And out of the blue, a man walked up and shot him twice. One was deflected. The other entered McKinley's stomach, and they rushed him to care and uh, sought to find the bullet. Probe as they might, search as they could, they were unable to find the bullet. But they began to say he was improving. Evidently, he had stabilized, even though they couldn't find it. Uh, he seemed to be coming around. But eight days later, he died. Why? Because the wound started what we today call a gangrene. And that bacteria spread, even though medical people were trying to take care of him with everything they could. And as a result, eight days later, it took his life. When a wound isn't dealt with and addressed properly, and that which calls the wound removed and therefore allows the healing, without exception, infection will set in, whether it's in our physical body or a relational wound. They work right along the same principles. That's why I said, it's important to deal with the infections of ruptured relationships, lest they take their toll in our life. It's back to not being passive in the healing process. Sure is. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us. That's all the time we have. Bob, we appreciate you sharing your insight and wisdom. I believe we have only started scratching the surface on Father Wounds. I'm your host, Michael Conant. We look forward to seeing you again next time on High Impact Dads. If you would like to know more about Bob's book, Ending the Cycle of Father Wounds, please visit Bob's website at bobrecord.com. Record is spelled with two C's, R-E-C-C-O-R-D. Bob also has a study guide with embedded videos available as a companion to the book. You can find these in all of Bob's books at bobrecord.com and dpztechnology.com under the Total Life Impact Bookstore. Our host, Michael Conant's book, A Work in Progress, can also be found at dpztechnology.com. You could be a part of this mission to spread this word to others. If you haven't already done so, please take a moment to subscribe to High Impact Dads on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. When you do, leave a five-star rating and write a nice review. Every five-star rating, review, and every new subscription truly does make it easier for those who need this information the most to find it. Please pass this on to anyone you may know struggling with father wounds.